obligatory disclaimer anytime I talk about gambling in any way, shape, or form. I don't gamble. I don't even know anything about it. I'm not even proud of that. I kind of wish I did. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots on the other two teams in town that I cover, the Penguins and the Pirates. The Steelers will be at Akershore Stadium today. You did not mishear that. Mike Tomlin has a plan to take them over to the main facility as opposed to keeping them on the south side. It's because of the condition of the various fields there. They don't necessarily weather the storms as well as the main field does. So, hey, it's not like anybody's using it right about now, and nobody's going to be using it for quite a while. That's the life of a seventh seed in the playoffs. The game, of course, is coming up Sunday against the Bills, 1.02 p.m. in Orchard Park, New York. And the opponent is favored by, let me double check this because it changes. This is the, the official betting line on this, which I actually had to have a couple of people on my staff explain to me late last night before I shared any thoughts on it with you. The Bills opened up as 7.5 point favorites. Now, that sounds like a lot, okay? Even if you don't know anything about gambling, it probably is a lot. And then it went up to 9.5 later that night. It reached as high as 10. There was a point where the Bills were 10-point favorites. And now, at last check, it's at 9.0. I don't care. I'm going to say it again about gambling. I don't care how the bettors are betting. I don't care how the people who assemble the lines, get their information and everything else here. It doesn't interest me. What does interest me is that there's so little value, it seems, on momentum. When in fact, if you go over NFL history, and I don't mean recent history, I mean history, the teams that are ascending through December the ones that are getting hot tend to be the ones who are the most dangerous when the playoffs come around. Even the teams that have the big splashy records and get the buys and everything else, they will fall to those teams. We see it year after year after year. It might happen to the Ravens because they took off essentially a game against the Steelers just now, they're going to have a bye, and then they've got another opponent coming in. We've seen the Ravens go down in that situation. Now, what I also hear from people who are engaged in betting is that it's all about the quarterback. Everything is about the quarterback. And to revisit what I'm sure was the last time I brought up betting, it was in the preseason when we were talking about over-under wins for the Steelers, and their over-under, I believe, was it eight or nine or eight and a half, if memory serves, meaning that's how many wins they were going to get. They obviously ended up with 10. They went through a really circuitous route to get there, but they still ended up with 10. And the primary 
influence in that at the time was the quarterback. Oh, well, Ben Roethlisberger's not there, so the team's going to stink. All right, that's it. That's it. Let's uh let's let's bet on them to lose. Now, now, having said all that, please tell me how this football team off of these 3 wins with their backs to the wall, all 3 against opponents with winning records, two of the three on the road, one all the way out on the West Coast, another one in the most adverse conceivable weather conditions. Oh, and by the way, all three of those representing the entirety of this specific quarterback's body of work. This has all been Mason Rudolph and Momentum. And yet the expectation here among the people with the most to lose in this sort of thing, meaning people who put their money on it, is that the Steelers will lose and that they will lose by a broad margin. Now, to say this a third time, just for special emphasis, I don't care. I'm not offended by this. I'm not put off by it. I don't believe at all that it's going to have any impact on the proceedings. I just think it's really weird. And I think it casts an inaccurate picture over what kind of game this should and maybe will be. I see the Bills as having a lot of strengths that could work against the Steelers. The Bills having that terrific defensive front could keep the Steelers from running the football the way they have against all three of these recent opponents. The Bills' experience and cohesiveness in their secondary could keep the Steelers from getting those big plays that Rudolph's been generating, at least one each game. On the other side, look, Josh Allen hasn't been great, to say the least, and he didn't look great in the game against Miami that they just played. But there are a lot of different type of weapons, and those weapons aren't the kind that are very friendly to the Steelers. They got a couple tight ends who can hurt you. They got a couple of running backs who can hurt you. They got one of those running backs, Leonard Fournette, who once ate you alive, and I understand he's a lot older now. But being more particular here, the Bills have the ability to attack the middle of the field. And even though Minka Fitzpatrick and DeMonte KZ are expected back, that that middle of the defense still looks highly suspect. Now, on the other hand, the Steelers can do a lot of things that work against anybody, whether that's offensive or defensive. In particular, the Rudolph-led offense has shown that it's not going to get slowed down by terrific pass rushers. That's why Trey Hendrickson didn't hurt them. It's not going to get bullied by a great inside linebacker. That's why Bobby Wagner didn't hurt them. And it's not going to get picked apart by some brainiac defensive coordinator, which is why the Ravens didn't hurt them. Because they kept spreading the ball around. They kept being unpredictable. They can do that. There's real momentum in play here. And don't even get me started on home field advantage. Do I have to repeat? Where those last two wins came, they're not worried about this stuff. They're definitely not worried about where the money's going. When we come back, J1Q. 
This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Mike, who says, DK, thanks for being the best out there. I've been really down lately, but your reporting always cheers me up because you don't feed me bullcrap. <laughs> he says, actually, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh at that. I just didn't expect it. I also have a question for you. Do you think that Isaac Selmalu gets enough respect for how awesome he's been all season? For me, he's fun to watch. I... I really like Isaac's play of late. Okay, Mike, but in the pattern of how did you word it again, not feeding you bullcrap, Isaac hasn't been great the whole season. Isaac has really found his place over the past few games. Isaac is a no, well, he's a no bullcrap veteran, to put it your way. He's not easy to smile, and at the same time, he's friendly and accommodating. He's not the guy that's going to do all the yelling and the screaming, but at the same time, he's going to set the right example in his quiet way. That was one of the things that, by the way, the Eagles and Jason Kelsey and everybody is part of that offensive line out in Philadelphia really loved about him. But here again, and I don't mean to do this excessively, when I speak with the members of the O-line, And that goes for Isaac, that goes for all of them, all the way down to Broderick. And I say down because Broderick's the rookie, Broderick Jones. What I hear from them that's made the difference over these past three games with no slights, no shots, no jabs, no nothing involving Kenny Pickett is that they know where the quarterback's going to be. They all feel like they're more efficient and more capable of doing their assigned tasks when it comes to pass protection because they know where their guy is that they're supposed to be protecting and they're not wondering if he's pulled the chute to run off to the left side. That might benefit Seo Malu more than anyone on the roster because he came from a system in Philadelphia where, yeah, Jalen Hurts obviously has some mobility, but Hurts When he became really good for the Eagles, he did so by becoming a pocket guy. That's why the Eagles had so few turnovers. That's why they had so few sacks. They just became a model blueprint, basically, unto themselves. They didn't stray from it. They were very predictable. Very, very predictable, actually. Now, does that mean, here again, that... Sel Malu's been perfect? No. Does that mean the line has been perfect? Heck no. Dan Moore continues to struggle in pass pro. The only reason that Moore hasn't been benched, I, I genuinely believe this, is that if you bench Dan, you got to put Chuksakorafor back in on the right side, and you got to move Broderick over to the left side, and now Broderick would be doing the left side for the first time in the NFL after he's had all these... You just can't be doing that. You can't disrupt Well, how did, hang on a second, how did Tomlin mangle that metaphor yesterday? You can't disrupt the apple cart, I believe was what he said. So you can't disrupt this apple cart either. 
So I don't believe you're going to see any kind of changes on the offensive line, meaning from here out, barring injury, of course. And I do believe that over these past three games, you've seen the best version of the line from the pass pro component, but also, man, don't leave this out. They are run blocking, and they are run blocking in a vicious way. And if that's the point that you intended to bring up with your question regarding Sel Malo, then I totally blew this answer. Because in that event, I would have been singing about him from beginning to end. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.